Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugarcane. Three Roll is cane to glass. From Tula Tacos and Amigos in downtown Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Christian Mader, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business, Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. In the mid-20th century, neighborhoods on Lafayette's north side looked a lot like neighborhood communities, neighborhoods communities are trying to build now in places like Macomb, Vizay, and Fightonville. Families could live, work, and play on their blocks. The communities were stitched together by schools, churches, and businesses. Entrepreneurship was a big part of the fabric of the community, the family grocery store, the barbershop, a restaurant, or even a Zydeco club. You know, fast forward 20 to the 21st century, and many of those businesses had vanished. An opportunity left with them, but the spirit of entrepreneurship is still very much alive. And organizations like the Lafayette Entrepreneurship and Economic Development Center at UL see an opportunity to revive Lafayette's North Side with that spirit. My guest Kevin Guillory grew up on the North Side of Lake Charles, and that community tells a similar story. Growth and prosperity moved southward in Lake Charles, leaving older neighborhoods behind. When Kevin got his bachelor's from UL and moved to Texas, thinking he'd never look back, but look back he did. He landed at UL in 2014, got his MBA, and works today at the Lead Center's office coordinator. Kevin's behind-the-scenes work is essential to the success of the Lead Center's Accelerate Northside program, which offers workshops and training for entrepreneurs. That program kicked off in 2021 and has kept growing. Kevin Guillory, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Accelerate Northside was modeled after a successful program offered at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana, and one of the guys responsible for importing the idea was Kevin's colleague, Jonathan Shirley. Jonathan grew up in Abbeville. Long family ties to economic development. His mom worked at the uh, Chamber of Commerce, and his dad was an extension agent with Wildlife and Fisheries. Jonathan has been the Lead Center's program manager since 2020. In that role, he's overseen the launch of Accelerate North Northside and its head and heart philosophy. The idea is they don't just teach you how, but to try to understand the why of your business. Jonathan Shirley, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having us. So, Kevin, let's say I have a business idea. Yes. Right. Um, and I want to get into the Accelerate Northside program, do I actually have to have my business fleshed out? Like, do I have to know I want to start a coffee roasting business and I'm going to market it this way? Or do I have to just say, you know what, Kevin, I want to start a business? Like, how clear of a picture do I have to have right, uh, to, to, to get into Accelerate Northside, I guess, is my question. Like, it doesn't have to, it could just be, I want to have a business, but I don't know what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I just know I want extra income, mm -hmm. or I want to build a legacy for my family. So it doesn't have to be, you don't have to come in saying, this is exactly what I want to do, and say, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. Because we've had people who come in with one idea, and at the end of six weeks, they have a completely other idea. Mm -hmm. Because you never know who you're going to meet, you never know what relationships you're going to build, and things of that nature. So if there's no barrier to entry, I would say when it comes to somebody wanting to be a part of the Accelerate Northside program. So, so it's not really like a selective process. You're not having to say like, oh, this is a promising young business and we, we really no. want to help them out. You're really, people no. are coming and saying like, I, I, yeah. I know I want to get into entrepreneurship and I don't know where to start. Yeah. They could come to yeah. you. Yeah, and like some people may not even know if they want to get into entrepreneurship. So it may be an opportunity to just learn if that's something that's even feasible to them or for them. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also an opportunity to actually learn 
what entrepreneurship is because there is this notion or perception of what we see entrepreneurship as when we watch, you know, CNBC or Bloomberg or we read Inc. Magazine and it's the, you know, the lone wolf, the unicorn, the self-made person and all of that, the person who risked everything, house and marriage and all of that. And that, yes, that's some people's entrepreneurship journey, but for other people, you don't have to mortgage your house. You don't have to quit your full-time job to be an entrepreneur. It's something that you can do from six to 11 hmm. and make extra money and really have an impact on your household. So, Jonathan, I, one thing I'm thinking about at this point is you, you guys are pulling in a couple dozen um, applicants each year, right? And so that means, you know, with each graduate class, I presume that means you got, you know, theoretically a couple dozen new businesses that come out of it, right? And I understand they could be different scales and all that, but I'm sort of con- um, interested in, 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 in how y'all track that sort of long term. It's one thing to start a business, another thing to sustain it. So, I mean, I guess it's another way of asking, like, how do you know the program's working three or four years down the line? That's a good question. I think that we're still piecing together, okay, how do we want to track and what do we want to track? Because I think we need to figure out what, what, what's worth measuring. Mm-hmm. Um, some companies, you know, you're, you're putting them together and, um, hey, the life of that company it's okay if it's not super long. Like, cause sometimes the company was really designed to get you to your next company. Um, cause it, it sort of ends up being, uh, Hey, how fast can you fail and how cheap can you fail? So we can get to the next thing that works. Um, you know, because you know, from a statistical standpoint, Hey, if you fail three times, likelihood that you succeed the fourth time is roughly 73%. And so, hey, let's fail fast, let's fail cheap, and now let's figure out. And so that's why whenever Kevin talks about the mindset, that's what we want to push. I want you to teach you the process and the mindset of how do I take this idea or this whatever, put it through the filter, shake it up, see what comes out, and then decide, is that worth doing? Because I liked what, you know, at the very beginning, you said, hey, Kevin, I had this business idea, and you know, can I? And what I like about that is that there are no bad business ideas. There are just bad businesses that you shouldn't start right now. Um, and so what we want to do is help you teach you what business should you just not start right now? You know, or what business that if you just tweak it a little bit, maybe you should go that direction. And so you know, try to get, to get all the way back to what you actually asked. Um, which is an important thing to do is answer the question that's being asked. It's not essential uh, yeah. to the interview. It's fine. Answer the question exactly. you want me exactly. to ask. Exactly. So here's yeah. what I heard. Uh, you know, so you know, we want to track, okay, so are you still in business? So, but for a lot of people, it's, hey, did you even start? Did you form the LLC? Um, did you get to that point? Okay, well, now are you, what do you want to do? You know, there are some people who go through Accelerate Northside. They never want this to be their full-time gig. Mm-hmm. But if it's not going to be their full-time gig, they can't run it at a loss. And so there's, some re- there's a really cool woman, Vanessa Scott, who has this balloon business. And she doesn't want to replace her full-time gig. But she, wants to run, she needs to run that thing more efficiently and more effectively. Which means she can't run it at a loss. She can't go do favors for people. Mm-hmm. She has a talent. And that talent deserves to be paid. And so by going through and talking to Accelerate Northside and by going through the motions... I think what really helped her was to really be able to say, I provide X value, X value is worth X amount of dollars. If you don't want to pay that, cool, that's fine. But I'm not going to be the one who does the balloons for your son's birthday party. <laughs> and so don't ask me to do that. Like, uh, and it's not a matter of, it's not mean. It's just we all have value. Yeah, it and sounds so like you're trying to, to get them out. to recognize that 
there's value in what they do and, and just actually put a number on it. It's something you said a, sec- a second ago that was really interesting to me, was you said, statistically, if I fail three times, I'm 75-ish Somewhere, percent. Yeah, yeah, we're going to make up numbers anyway. So, But it's, but it's to likely to succeed. Mm-hmm. What, that seems counterintuitive. It seemed like the more times you fail, the more likely you are to keep failing. And I feel like I know that from experience. So sure, but like, you, you learn what didn't work. What... You know, did you not know your target audience as well as you thought you did? Did yeah. you think that you had a bigger target audience than you than you thought you did? Um, did you never really fully account for the cost of supplies and things going up? And hey, you were always getting your you know. So there's another really amazing woman, Alicia Moten, who uh, she has uh, sort of a, a bath salts. I forget exactly what exactly it is, but you know, she's got. Um, hey, you can take these things and it's really great for migraines and it's really great for, and typically you put it in with your bath. So she was getting everything in a glass mason jar. Okay, well, she could get those mason jars relatively cheap through Dollar General until, hey, there's now a pandemic and supply issues are going crazy and she has to shift because she can't even access those things, much less get them for the cost that she was getting them before. So now it doesn't mean that her business is going to fail because I think it's sort of, you know, it's on a, on a burner right now but it's that kind of thing Mm -hmm. of hey i I was dependent upon this in my supply chain or in my business idea now that i know that maybe i shouldn't be dependent on that let's try to go in a different direction or you know people who you know they want to you want to open up a restaurant okay well you want to open a restaurant you have a good menu you make waffles doesn't mean you should go rent a building you know, you should do a pop-up and then maybe do a food truck and then maybe partner with someone and hey, maybe 10 years down the line, sure. But so some of that is the failure in the process. Hmm. Sometimes it's the same exact business that you're just reimagining four different times. Right. It's just, so it's not a total failure. And when we say fail, we really try to get you, hey, fail super early in the process. Fail maybe before you even created the LLC. Failure can look like I had this idea, then I went to this program and I realized I don't want to do that or there's not enough money in it to make sense. So are y'all having to like, Kevin, I mean, like you, people are walking in and it sounds like part of the message is don't be afraid to fail here. But I mean, <laughs> does that mean you have people who are coming in and you're kind of having to prepare them for you're going to start one business, two businesses, three businesses. The likelihood here is that it ain't going to work out. I mean, it, it, people, it seems like that message might be kind of shocking to an entrepreneur. It's like, wait a second, I was coming to you guys to succeed, not to learn how to fail. I think we, we don't come in as like, you know, you're going to fail, Debbie Downers. <laughs> like, okay, sure. you know, we don't do the whole, yeah. you know, look to your left, look to your right. Two of y'all are not going to be here next week thing. <laughs> you know, that would be brutal. <laughs> it would be an interesting program. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more about helping them see the opportunities and helping them see the threats and helping them see, you know, their strengths and weaknesses, also known as the SWOT analysis. Um, but it's, it's helping people see it from a realistic perspective because sometimes it's easy to think, oh, I have this great idea, it's going to work, and kind of helping them see from an objective standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, because nobody thinks their baby is ugly. But I mean, if you've seen some newborn baby pictures, that bit that says, no, some newborn babies are ugly. <laughs> but nobody ever says, my baby is the ugly one. So, <laughs> you know, it's, 
we come in and say, okay, do you want to put a hat on the baby or put, you know, let the baby look a little pretty kind of thing? Um, so that's more of what we're there for. We're not going to tell you your baby's ugly. We may give you some tips on what clothes to wear to compliment <laughs> the baby. Well, if that think, makes sense. And I think that we do, we focus a lot on community and building a, a, building a community and an atmosphere and a culture that you're going to trust the feedback that we're giving you. Because yeah. again, if you go back to the head and the heart mentality, if you, if we begin, if we begin the whole process, which with, I care more about you than I care about your idea. Mm-hmm. From now on, everything that I tell you is because I care about you. It's not because I think your baby's ugly. It's because I care about you. I, I want you to succeed. And what's important in your s- success is especially your long-term success and then we can kind of sometimes we delve into the difference between you know an infinite game and a finite game like we're not trying to play a finite game we're trying to play infinite we're trying to think you and your family and your family's family and your community what's best for all of you is probably learning this process learning this mentality learning this mindset that revolves around the ideas of um, I can change my circumstances. Uh, I can have a healthy disregard for what's going on all the time. I can always think that something can be better. I can always look for ways to improve and I can always look for ways to add value and that without adding value, I don't have a business. If I'm not solving a problem, if I'm not making someone's life better, if I'm not bringing something to the table, someone's not going to pay me for it. So I have to be thinking about value and thinking about other people and thinking about the community and thinking about how no matter what I'm doing, you know, like, hey, plastic straws make our lives better in some way. Or let's say straws in general, in case you're a paper straw person. But let's say that the concept of the straw makes our lives better in some way. You can put it through a lid and now, hey, that cup is less likely to spill when I'm in my car. What does that mean? It means my car's carpet isn't going to be wet. What does that mean? Now there's less chance of mildew in my car, which impacts my kids being healthier. So am I telling you that a straw is going to keep your kids healthy? That's crazy, but I can get there. And if I can get there, then it means that I can now take a product and put it into a position where more people can be open to it. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking with Jonathan Shirley and Kevin Guillory of UL's Lead Center for Entrepreneurship. What would you guys say is is the main pain point, right? I mean, I, you've, you've talked through a few business concepts that if you've started a business, you might be aware of, right? Like somebody who files for an LLC with a secretary of state, right? And I mean, I can even remember getting my first LLC. Uh, weirdly, my first business was being in a band and we had an LLC. And it was still kind of alien to me because it seemed you know, pretty intimidating, but at the end of the day, you, you send some money to the state and they give you a certificate and you're like, I guess I'm a business now. But I mean, that's just an illustration. I mean, I guess my question really is though, is like, is it stuff like that? Like people not knowing, okay, who, who do I need to talk to to get this occupancy license signed? Or, or is it something different? Is it more the dollars and cents, the figuring out how to add value? What, what do you guys find is that first pain point that you I have think, to cross and like over? Like you said, the resources are knowing, knowing where to go. Um, like you know, it's out there. And for us, we have some wonderful community partners. And so when we're talking to people, we can, in our mind, think, oh, this person would be a good fit to connect them with this organization or this group. And they don't know 
I mean, they, they know that the building's there. They know there's an office there. They don't know anybody there, and that can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. And so if we're able to send an email to one of our community partners and say, hey, good morning, this is such and such. Would, she went through the Accelerate Northside program. She had a question about whatever, whatever. Having that warm introduction is a lot less intimidating just going walking into an office building, going up to a reception desk and saying, hey, I need whatever, whatever. And sometimes people may not even know what they need. And so as we're talking, we can kind of piece together what they're saying to connect them to the right resource that they would need. So it does kind of make me wonder, I mean, there are any number of organizations that work in this kind of space. You know, um, somebody might look at Accelerate Orsight and maybe ask a question like, how is this different than working with like the Small Business Association, right? Or like an SBDC or something like that. I mean, what, what, what is it that y'all are offering that's sort of different than these other kinds of organizations? It sounds like that you might be making referrals to quite frankly yeah it's so for me i kind of look at it like a ladder um because some of the people if you have a business idea if you just have a business idea and you go to sbdc you're going to need a business plan you know they're a, they they deal with a different type of um at a different place in the business journey and so for us we can work with people with business ideas and when they get to a place where they you know fit into the demographic to work with sbdc or to work with the Opportunity Machine, we can provide that connection. Um, so Jonathan has a good illustration about a glass of water. Um, yeah, I mean, so if I just started, you know, if I took a bottle of water and I put it on a plate and I started pouring water, you know, water is going to get in the in the bottle, but a lot of water is going to fall out around it. Mm. And the people that we work with the most are the people who typically fall out of the bottle of water because they don't know where to go, like Kevin was saying. They don't know who to contact at specific places. Maybe they've tried to go to a um, a QuickBooks seminar or an accounting thing, um, and five minutes into the program, they've used seven terms they're not familiar with. And now, what do they think? They think they don't belong there. They think that they don't fit into this place. They think that I'm not in the right spot. They fall through the cracks. Specifically, when we talk about Accelerate Northside, we're t- dealing with people who have fallen through the cracks. This isn't their first time to fall through the cracks. It's not the first time that they've sat in a space where they don't feel like they belong there. So what we try to provide, I guess, is this, this place to begin. Okay, and once you begin, not only are you, do we give you the strategies maybe to begin and what the next steps are, but we're also going to provide you a community of people who care about you, who are going to walk the journey with you. And then it's going to be, okay, so now here's, let's utilize resources instead of relying on resources. And so I think if we can sort of get them to a space where their reliance is upon themselves and they use tools that are in the, in the, in the community, which is much like a lot of the successful business owners throughout Lafayette, they don't rely upon the Opportunity Machine or Lita or they use Opportunity Machine and Lita. And, and I think that that mentality switch, I think, is important. Um, <clears throat> you know, so that's, I think, where we see, because I agree, there there's some wonderful entities here, and we're incredibly fortunate to be partnered with, with so many of them. Um, but they're not typically set up to, to work with someone who's walking in going, I think I have something here. Most often, we sit down with someone, they, we just get them talking. Because uh, whether it's through Accelerate Northside, 
We, we do a lot of follow-up with the participants from Accelerated Northside, really just in one-on-one cons- consultations. Mm-hmm. Um, or we just pull in anyone from the community who has an idea, who finds our office, and uh, that should be a lot easier now that we have a new space. Um, <clears throat> but we start with just, what do you want to do? Okay, now let's start talking about it. And then th- 45 minutes in or so, we pretty much have a good idea of what your next steps should be. And so it becomes, here's three or four things. I'm going to talk to you in two weeks, and we're going to see what you did. If you didn't do anything, there's no reason for us to meet again. But I want to meet again. (laughs) So you need to do some work, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to do it again. And we're going to say, cool, this is where you're at. And it's not, hey, go do these three things on your own, and we're not going to talk to you. It'll be, here's some resources. This is what I think you should put together. Here's a business model canvas. Here's, you know, lean business concept. You know, here's how you fill out this kind of... um, document, bring it back. Let's start about, talk about it again. Here's the SWOT analysis. Fill out your SWOT analysis on both yourself and your idea. And now let's break it down. So it's sort of take a, do a few things, come back, do a few things to come back. We're not good if you have a business idea and you're ready to get rich tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are like outside of, you know, maybe the lottery that's awfully high right now. That's not, but that's not a great business plan. Uh, do, 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 it sounds like just as you guys have detailed, like given examples of some of the folks that you've worked with, it's not a lot of sense of folks are producing consumer products of one kind or another. I mean, is that typically the kind of ideas bringing people bringing forward some kind of small scale manufacturing? I mean, is, is that the kind of entrepreneurship you see typically, Kevin? I think for us, a lot of it is probably service based, um, not very many manufacturing, um, but a lot of it is service based. We have a lot of bakers. Um, which is good for us because we get to support them and get some wonderful treats. Um, restaurants, um, we've had farmers. What else? So a lot of it is a lot of it is customer based. A lot of it is um, they're not going to be looking for warehouse space mm-hmm. anytime soon or things of that nature. So a lot of it is the service based businesses where they're using their skills and adding value and making money from that. But certainly, I mean, I think we've got some of those that make bracelets or yeah, candles, or yeah. you know, they're they're making stuff in there. They're partnering with Attackable Collective, yeah, and they're selling yeah. stuff through there, um, which kind of brings us to a point that we get to, <clears throat> whether it's the service-based groups or the ones that are making you know candles or making whatever, is the understanding of you can only get paid X amount of money then, because if you're the one making it, if you're the one that is doing the training, if you're the one that's doing whatever, then you're limited by you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a fun thing because I know exactly how much money you can make because it's just you making brownies. Mm-hmm. You can only make X amount of brownies a day. So you could handle an order that's bigger. That's not good or bad. It's great information to have. Um, so if you want to make more money baking brownies, you need to find other people or you need to find a way to use four ovens at a time instead of one. And so now you have, you have to, st- initially that can be like, well, that kind of sucks, but yeah, it does until you solve that problem. Mm. But if we've already started to train you to be a problem solver and not a problem finder, well, you got to find the problems. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like if we are trying to train you to be a problem solver, then you're not afraid of that. Yeah. You want that. Give me all of that. 
tell me all the codes that I'm supposed to follow. Tell me the person that I should talk to at City Hall. I'd rather know so I can check that box than you just pop up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Is, is there, I got to imagine, look, I mean, especially with Accelerate Northside, right, you're dealing with, you know, a market, I guess you would say, that's, you know, at its almost by definition sort of disadvantaged, right? Like there's less money circulating there. I mean, does that present an extra hurdle for the folks that are starting up there? And then how do you get them over it? Um, I think not because the the community aspect of it. So they're never, entrepreneurs, I don't feel like are ever starting out on their own where they just have a product or a service and it's like they're in the middle of a desert waiting for people to come to them. Hmm. I feel like, our participants have done a great job in building an ecosystem of if I need this, then I know who to call kind of thing. So like one example would be Leah Porter who opened Park Village um, on Moss Street. She had her grand opening, which was catered by male owner of Sweet on V with desserts and different things of that nature. And so just seeing all of the different ways that they work together it's like when you have that community support it's almost I don't want to say self-sustaining but it can be in a sense like if you support each other and you have each other (laughs) then it doesn't matter quote-unquote how much money you have if that makes sense and there's I think there's the idea of like people whether they're on the north side or the south side are spending money no matter what Mm -hmm. like they have money to spend so if you can provide value and you're solving a problem, a problem you know, in, in some instances, you're just saving those people a trip to a different part of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me. I think a term that you hear thrown around a lot in business generally, right, is ecosystem. And it's like one of these things that, you know, some uh, consultant, I'm sure, picked out of a book and said, well, that's sciencey yeah. and I like it. It makes it sense. But really what they're describing there, it sounds to me, Kevin, is, is community, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the idea that, it, you know, exchanges of goods and services and those kinds of things, wherever you are, yeah, it's business, but it's also very much community. And, and, and clearly it takes community to do the work that you guys are doing. And, and um, I, you know, commend the both of you for doing that. Thanks for joining me today on Out to Lunch, Katie Anna. No problem. Hey, thank you. Uh, my guests today on Out to Lunch have been Kevin Guillory and Jonathan Shirley of the Lead Center and Accelerate Northside. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRVS, and you can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Kevin and Jonathan by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on Out to Lunch uh, Katiana's social media. Out to Lunch Katiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Associate producer is Molly Richard. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis. Today's show was engineered and photographed by Dylan Babineau. I'm Christian Mader, editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit news outlet. For stories deeper than the headlines, head over to thecurrentla.com. Sign up for our newsletter. I'll see you here again next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Tula Tacos and Amigos. Tula Tacos and Amigos offers street-style tacos, margaritas, and an open-air courtyard on Jefferson Street in the heart of downtown Lafayette. 
Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. 